with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. When the days for Jesus being taken up were fulfilled, he resolutely determined to journey to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers ahead of him. On the way, they entered a Samaritan village to prepare for his reception there. But they would not welcome him because the destination of his journey was Jerusalem. When the disciples James and John saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven to consume them? And Jesus turned and rebuked them, and they journeyed to another village. As they were proceeding on their journey, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus answered him, Foxes have dens, birds of the sky have nests, But the Son of Man has nowhere to rest his head. And to another he said, Follow me. And he replied, Lord, let me go first and bury my father. But he answered him, Let the dead bury the dead. But you... Go and proclaim the kingdom of God. And another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me say farewell to my family, my home. And to him, Jesus said, No one who sets a hand to the plow and looks to what is left behind is fit for the kingdom of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. It is common these days when applying for a job to expect a job description. Almost every position has one. The job description tells you what's expected of you if you hold that position. In another sense, it tells you what's not expected of you as well. You will hear people say, that's not in my job description. Therefore, I'm not obliged to do it. There are some job descriptions that seem so overwhelming that no one person could possibly do that job. But in one way or another, the person fits in and creates their own description. I remember 
When I went into the seminary, the first day that we arrived, we went into the vice rector's office. He handed us the rule book, and he said, this will be your Bible for the next four years, using the term metaphorically. And he said, remember that the bell, everything was run by bells, everything, waking, sleeping, classes, prayer. Remember, the bell is the vox dei, the voice of God. You are to respond to it as such. Our Lord has a job description for each one of us. It's very simple. It's two words. Follow me. That's the job description. Follow me. There are no boundaries, there are no limits, there's no point where all of a sudden we can say that doesn't apply. It's completely open-ended, follow me. It's like Moses in the burning bush when he asked the Lord for a name. He wanted a name. Because in the pagan world, if you had the name of the god, you could control the god. Because you knew something about them. What does God give him? I am. No parameters, no boundaries, no control. So it is, we are told, follow me. Now each one of us here has followed to some extent, given our vocation. Many of you, it's the married life. That's the call of God the Vox Dei. For many, it's the single life, at least for a time, perhaps permanently. For others of us, in my case anyway, the religious life. That's a call too. And we may say that in some way limits how we follow God. Uh, In one way it does, because we can't do other things. On the other hand, within that vocation, the capacity to follow God is endless. It actually opens us up to new calls that we didn't have before, to new ways of following that we didn't have before, if we're willing to do it. I remember a poem, was it William Russell Lowell, I think was his name, it became a hymn. It was a rather strange first verse. It said, uh, Once to every man and nation comes the moment to decide in the strife for truth or falsehood, for the good or evil side. Some great cause, God's new Messiah, offering each the bloom or blight, and the choice goes by forever twixt the darkness and that light. In one sense, that isn't true at all. We make constant choices, not just one. If we make the wrong choice and we turn to God, happily we are allowed to make other choices, and so on and so on through life. Although the time will come when we make one last choice. And there are some things in life that come to us, and they're offered to us once. And the choice passes, as it says, forever, and that is never offered again. And then sometimes God will push us for a long time because we refuse to make the choice. But the choice is there. 
Today's gospel is about that. Our Lord is going to Jerusalem. Remember in St. Luke's gospel, our Lord is always going up to Jerusalem to complete his mission, which is to suffer and die. And so we are told uh, he resolutely determined to journey to Jerusalem to do what he has come to do. In the Acts of the Apostles, also written by St. Luke, everything is going out of Jerusalem. The Lord is going to Jerusalem. He must pass through a Samaritan village. The Samaritans don't recognize worship in the temple, so they will not let him enter their town. They would not welcome him. And James and John, the sons of thunder, what do they want? They want to bring down fire from heaven to consume them. What is our Lord's response? He rebuked them, and they journeyed to another village. That's not what he has come to do. He has come to suffer and to die. They don't understand that yet, nor do they understand their call. And then come these individuals who wish to follow the Lord. And notice in each case, it's a choice they have to make. And the choice is absolute. It is with God. The choice is always an absolute choice. The problem is that they wish to do it on their terms. They have qualifications. I will follow you wherever you go. The Lord says, foxes have dens and birds of the sky have nests. The Son of Man has nowhere to rest his head. And you won't accept that. You won't accept that. That's the condition. He says, follow me to another, let me go and bury my father first. I will follow you, Lord, but first let me say farewell to my family at home, like Elisha wanted to do with Elijah. The Lord's call isn't just absolute, it's now. Right now. He's not going to wait. Times he may have to wait for us, and as a result, our yes is somewhat diminished. But think of Peter and Andrew with all their faults. They left their boat immediately and followed him. Same thing with James and John. Left their boat and their father immediately and followed him when they were called. But in today's gospel, they want their own time, their own way, their own choices. And the Lord is calling them at this moment. And then he tells us, and by the way, their objections are pretty good ones too. They seem very reasonable, don't they? Except when the Lord calls. The Lord calls us at every moment. He's calling us now. Not just will or has, he's calling us now, at every moment. Uh, the Vox Dei is there, the voice of God. Uh, we may wish to put it off, to do what we want to do, but in any event, our Lord then concludes by saying, no one who sets a hand to the plow and looks to what was left behind is fit for the kingdom of God. We can't keep going back to anything. We have to move forward in the will of God. We can't go back to what we wanted to do. Remember Lot's wife who looked back on Sodom and Gomorrah and was turned to a pillar of salt. We can't look back to what was. We have to look on to what God is calling us to be. And that will be something new continually, something greater continually, if we're open to answering the call. So uh, there we are. And we have to accept whatever comes with it, whatever that means. For how many people now does that call mean suffering and death in our world? Right now, people experiencing that just because they are answering the call to follow me. 
There's another verse to that hymn, too. Though the cause of evil prosper, still is truth alone is strong. Though its portion be the scaffold, and upon the throne be wrong. That's something to consider. Still that scaffold sways the future, and behind the dim unknown standeth God within the shadows, keeping watch above his own. So we follow him, because we were told to follow him. St. Ignatius had a thought on that too, St. Ignatius of Loyola. He demanded perfect obedience from those who were going to follow him. If you were told to do it, you did it right now, like the bell. There was once a priest who didn't obey right away. He was never trusted with anything again. Sitting Ignatius meant what he said when he said, you will be obedient. But he said something else about himself. He said, I know that you lived an insignificant person in a little despised town. I know that you rarely tasted luxury and never privilege, and that you resolutely refused to accept power. I know that you suffered rejection by leaders, abandonment by friends, and failure. I know, and I am hardly able to bear the thought of it all. But it seems toweringly wonderful that you might call me to follow you and to stand with you. I will labor to bring God's reign if you will give me the gift to do it. Well, the gift we have right now. Our response then, well, what will it be to those words, those two simple words that sum up all the commandments at once? Follow me. Let us pray. Almighty Father, we come before you rejoicing in the love of your Son and trusting in your love and mercy. For the Church throughout the world, that her members will be quick to follow the call of God as they know it, especially for the Church suffering and the freedom of the Church in our own country, we pray to the Lord. For all nations of the world, that they may know and may come to follow the will of God, particularly as expressed through his church and in the sacraments. For all those running for public office, that they will listen to the voice of God. And for peace, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For all those who are sick and suffering, for those who are dying, for those who bear the cross of Christ in any way, that they may know that they are following him in their sufferings. For those who suffer from spiritual or mental illness, For those who are greatly tempted, for those who have ceased to follow, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For greater respect for human life, 
especially in the womb and at the end, we pray to the Lord. Lord For an increase in vocations to priesthood and the consecrated life, and those young men and women who will answer the radical call to follow, a greater reverence for the sacrament and call of marriage and the single life, we pray to the Lord. For our bishop, priests, deacons, and seminarians, and for the American hierarchy, that they in particular will respond to that call, the call every day to lead the people of God and to proclaim the kingdom of God. We pray to the Lord. Lord for the souls of all the faithful departed, especially our relatives, friends, and benefactors, for all who have died in the battlefield, all victims of violence, terrorism, and natural disaster. The eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. May they rest in peace. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed. For all those who are traveling, especially from our own parish, they will travel safely and return safely. We pray to the Lord. Finally, for all of us here, that we may know the will of God in our lives and respond to it as soon as we know it. We pray to the Lord. We now join our prayers to those of the Mother of the Church as we sing. Mm-hmm. 